<clears throat> okay, so I was talking to a guy, and he was he never coached D3. Obviously, he started off with, oh, D3 is a great level. But then he went into the usual things that I think I, I heard a lot as a D3 coach. Give me an example, coach, of like what misconception about D3 drives you nuts. Oh, um, that it's like glorified intramurals. Um, I, I don't know if it's a quite what I would say a misconception, but it's almost demeaning to yes. like an AAU coach to send his players to a D3. Um, yeah. Is it like a stigma, maybe like an inaccurate yeah. stigma? Right. And it doesn't serve their interests, I guess. Um, yes. Because when they're trying to sell a parent, you know, to pay whatever they need to pay to be a part of their AAU program. They're not getting any money back, obviously, by <laughs> going right. to three. Right. You know, so it, it does and it it drives I I politely course corrected him on, hey, you know, like D3 kids put in a ton of time as an athlete, right? He's like, oh, oh, and then he kind of backtracked real quick. But sure. yes, that's yeah. that's that's the norm as well. the streams podcast kip here and i think a lot of these left coast stories which is what we're calling this new segment you know kane and i always like to come up with new segments and offshoots but i think we fashion ourselves as brand managers with different products when really we're, we're just given different names and titles but this one excites me and it relates to me personally because obviously in my previous life i spent 22 years as a d3 coach and I, as i got out of the profession i thought to myself man there's a couple things how do i stay reconnected with friends and colleagues that I made in the game? How can I serve the game still if I don't have my own team to contribute to? And then what would have been a, like a, a pain point or something when I was a D3 coach that maybe a podcast could serve? So so Left Coast Story is kind of Cross the Stream's answer to, hey, I like talking to my friends. So I'm going to bring on coaches, D3 coaches. Um, hey, I'm going to stay connected because I'm going to get professional development picking their brains. And a lot of them spent a lot of years beating my butt on the court anyway. So I might as well just keep learning from them. And then a pain point is what are easily digestible ways those guys can recruit and tell their story? And for a lot of people out there, D3 basketball is obviously I believe in it, it has a high level. It's a high quality, but it's also geographically isolated. Uh, and there's not there's a ton of D3s east of the Mississippi, and then really just our league and the Skyac League, which is the gentleman that I want to bring on the pod to brag about themselves and brag about their players, and then they can obviously use the pod how they want to. But today we're launched. This is the inaugural one with a good friend of mine from Pacific Lutheran University. Coach, you go into your elevator speech of who you are, but this is Chad Murray, Pacific Lutheran. <laughs> oh, man. So uh, I'm 22 years also at the D3 level. Um, but not at the same school. Uh, Smart. So I started, Smart. yeah, <laughs> I started um, in, let's see, 99, I think, uh, at uh, um, Nebraska Wesleyan University. Um, got a, got a part-time um, JV gig there. I was working at a company. It wasn't coaching. Uh, I was working at a company and just kind of got the bug. I wanted to get back into coaching and, or get back into basketball and uh, just got an awesome opportunity there to just be uh, Todd Reardon's uh, uh, JV coach. He's a legend, D3 legend. Uh, and I did it for a year, fell in love with it. And it was kind of just like 
spinning my wheels in my other career. And so I just threw my resume out to uh, a place called Vassar College in, in New York. And um, I may may take a little little longer to, to explain. Oh, this, I'm in. I'm but, in. But um, it, it's so um, some of this the, this business is all about like timed conversations and like uh, just happen chance type stuff. So anyway, I was uh, talking with uh, um, a guy that recruited me to Chapman University. That's where I played basketball at the Division three level, um, and uh, he was coaching. I can't remember where he was coaching, but he recruited me to go to Chapman and he and I just had kept in touch over the years. And I was just saying, Oh, I got back into coach. I got into coaching. I really loved it. And and I, I just happened to throw my resume out this place in New York. And he goes, Oh, where? And I said, Vassar college. And he goes, who's the coach there? And I said the guy's name and he goes, you'll never believe this, but I went to grad school with him. And I mean, like, and he goes, I'll call him for you. And, um, I mean, that wasn't a planned thing. It was just right. something we, he and I just connected with each other, you know, every once in a while, just to kind of, you know, just uh, um, just say hi to each other. And um, so anyway, he, he he calls him and he's to the end of his, his uh, search process. He had already offered a guy, you know, but that guy ended up turning it down. And then here I go, I get a phone interview and then I get, he says, hey, if you can get to campus, I'll interview you in person. I'd like to interview you in person. On your dime, get to campus. On your on dime, your yeah, dime. yeah, yeah. And so I said, okay, I'll get there. And I, so I figured out, I flew like three different places to get there, <laughs> you know. And uh, he goes, uh, I'm on the interview. And it, it went all right. It went well. And uh, he goes, uh, you really want to do this? because you're going to be making a lot less money doing this and it's going to be hard, you know, like it's going to be a lot of work. And I said, yeah, I think I, I, I think I do. So like the next day uh, I flew back and he made me wait a couple of days, but my guy at Chapman, he goes, I think you're going to get this job. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so he says, Hey, I'll, I'll offer you the job. And uh, so I left my job uh, in the corporate world, it was making a lot of a lot of money for a 26 year old guy. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. um, I was making a lot of money to nothing, basically. <laughs> and um, so I made that move, went to Vassar for two years and I got thrown into everything. Like I was the equipment manager throwing dirty soccer uniforms in the laundry. I was packing bags. I was like, I don't know. It was just, just it was disgusting. <laughs> and so, but, <laughs> But I, and I remember I had a I had an aha moment one time when I was throwing the stuff in the laundry and I'm like, I'm doing this because I because this is allowing me to coach. So don't complain. This is this is the way it is. It's a small college. This is what it's about. So I just did that for two for two years. And then Todd Raritan got a job at North Central College in uh, outside of Chicago in the CCIW, which is like the Big Ten of Division three mm-hmm. basketball. Um, and it was in Naperville, Illinois, which is 30 minutes outside of Chicago. So, I mean, I was like, he, he's like, Hey, if you want to, you want to come on, uh, uh, come with me, I'd love to have you, you know, be my assistant here. You'll be my recruiting coordinator. You'll be my lead assistant. Let's, let's go get this thing. And so I jumped at that, uh, to, to go to, you know, the Chicago area. And then I was there for five years. Um, we won two conference, two conference tournaments, I think, or no, no one. But we're always in the top four, you know, and and stuff. So we went to the conference tournament every year and won it one year, went to the NCAAs. So I got that experience as an assistant and, um, you know, just won a lot of games. And 
really just got my I, I got indoctrinated into what high level D3 is all about. So that guy that we were talking about earlier that didn't know what he was talking about, <laughs> yes. D3. I mean, go to one of those games and right. you're gonna be just a smash mouth type bruiser type basketball game that only the toughest survive, you know. Mm-hmm. And um it is it is really uh the big the big ten of D3 is so accurate for that. Um, because it is very similar styles and you know and stuff like that. So I was there for five years, and then I got the head job at uh, Cornell College in uh, Mount Vernon, Iowa, which is, I would say, low to mid-major D3, if you want to say that. Um, it was in the Midwest Conference, and so we were headed back to Chicago a lot to play some games and recruit and do a lot of recruiting. This is about three hours outside of Chicago. And, um, uh, and it was just, again, it was just what I needed. Like, after five years of being at North Central, I got this opportunity you know, and it's sort of like what you see with other, co- you know, other assistant coaches, they get their first job and, you know, like they have to take a little bit of a step down, you know, build up a program and, and see if they can take it further. But, um, you know, with my thing, like my first three years, like I, I tried to, you know, you know, like we, we just weren't very good. I wasn't very good. And we'll get into this a little bit later, probably. But um, I just had to hit a reset button after three years and just try and start over. And thankfully, my athletic director allowed me to do that. And uh, then the last five years where we were all right, you know, we were good enough, you know, and uh, that last year was at Cornell, we went to the conference tournament, had a really cool finish to the end of the season. And then uh, this thing here at PLU came up and uh, I'm a West Coast guy. Um, You know, I I grew up in Southern California um, in my high school. Well, my uh, junior high and high school years were all um, in Southern California and I went to junior college at Umpqua Community College. And so I got Oregon. Yeah, I got indoctrinated into the Pacific Northwest for a couple of years. And I just really liked it. And I always tucked this area away as a place where I would want to be. Love the mild weather, love the scenery, you know, and uh, just being around Seattle, you know, it's just kind of it's a cool place to be. So anyway, um, was really fortunate to get this job. I didn't know anybody, didn't know anybody at Cornell when I got that job. I didn't know anybody at PLU. Um one of the reasons why I applied for the job is because after, I don't know, what was I, 15, 16 years or something of being a Division three coach, I knew that there was not going to be another head coach with as much D3 experience as, as I had coming into this job. Uh, I did a lot of research about the position. I knew that there was not going to be other head coaches really going for it at the D3 level. Figured there would be some assistant coaches in our league or some, you know, some other places, you know, uh, locally that would go for it, but not with that D3 experience. And so Mm -hmm. it was like, you know, I'm going to go for it and see what happens. And then, you know, it just kind of fell into place. And um, now I've been here six years. So. Uh, and it's the been Odyssey, great. it really is like Odyssey makes it sound like you were like wasting away, but you're really like, in, you know, having a great life experience. Like that's five, six states through this job. Oh, right? yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. In New York City, Chicago. I mean, it's that's I, I'm imagining you couldn't have told yourself that when you were at Nebraska Wesleyan, probably even right. No, like this is no, I'll get to but, see the country. But I'll tell you, like uh, with the um, my previous, you, you know, with my previous job, I, I worked for the Gallup organization, and uh, I finished at Chapman, and they moved me to Houston and uh, to open up an office down there. So I wasn't like scared of moving yeah. to places and stuff. And I had done a move, a cross country move, with my family early in my life, and so I kind of like 
you know, was able to do that. I did the college thing, you know, where I was going away to college and coming back, you know. So, I mean, like, I, I, I mean, there's a lot to see out there, you know, mm. and so like, I tell our guys, you know, like a lot, you know, like, where have you lived? Oh, I've just been in Washington my whole life. I was like, dude, there's a whole country. <laughs> yes. I'd know? imagine coach, you can probably like, and I know there's a limit to how much they listen to our stories, right. When yeah. we're their coach, but you do have like real lived experience in how hard it is maybe in the new place early, especially for, for freshmen. Have you found yourself drawn on some of that when freshmen come in it's like oh i'm homesick which is normal right I'm, i don't want to downplay that but I, you have a unique resume in that area definitely definitely there's there's some of the things that they are going through i remember when i moved you know and didn't know anybody and i was just trying to make you know like trying to make connections within the athletic department or something or you know um trying to find out where the grocery store, you know, all that stuff <laughs> yeah. that you do when you, when you first get to a city and stuff. And yeah, that first three, three weeks, month is super lonely. And then you just kind of get, what I tell kids is just immerse yourself in the work, like get into mm. school, get into basketball, like basketball could be your, your avenue to, you know, creating all kinds of different connections and stuff. And like, I remember when I went to school at Umqua, like I'm the Southern California kid. Now I'm in this rural Oregon town you know like I don't know anything I got all these trees around me I'm like <laughs> what am I doing you know up here but then there were other guys that came in from out of town too you know and so I like you know we, we connected about that like I had some guys from Seattle I had some guys from LA um, from Portland and you know and stuff like that so I mean we're all doing the same thing you know mm -hmm. um, so I, I do I do counsel the kids you know on that it'll get better like you just got to right. establish those connections and use use the game use the program as a way to do that. Love it. Okay, give me thirty second timeout version of play. If you are looking at the loots, you are watching or you're a recruit um, here at PLU. We do what right? And I know you're you're versatile, but I'll, bedrock foundationally for you. Yeah. Um, offensively, I want to share the basketball. I want all five guys involved. I want, uh, I want two thirds of our baskets come off of assists. So it's not like, um, ISO or anything like that. We're not going to ever do that. I, I think that's boring to watch. Um, I am old school in a way where I do like to get the thing inside, <laughs> you know, and not cast off a, a ton of threes, but I do get, you know, Watching a three go in is pretty fun too. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I do like kind of smash mouth. If you've got a guy that can do mm -hmm. it, um, that to get that thing inside. And then defensively, I take my style. So you said left coast, you know, I'm a mid mid coast is yes. where I kind of like have got cut my teeth from a coaching standpoint. So I mean, we took Midwest style and brought it out here from a mm. defensive standpoint. So like we're very smash mouth you know, punch you in the mouth type defensive team. We want to be really physical. We're a pack line team. I don't make any, I don't make any excuses for that. Like we don't switch a lot. Um, I want my best defenders on other teams, best players. And if you're switching all over the place, then and it, it's going to end up bad for you at some point. Um, you know, so I think from an accountability standpoint, you know, we really want to, you know, like uh, use that as a way to hold guys accountable. But so yeah, straight up man to man, Never play zone. <laughs> yep. And really don't press a lot <laughs> at all. And then uh and then yeah, just share the basketball and and uh you know have some fun offensively. So 
you know, it's fun now, right? That we don't have to compete against each other and we don't have to, sh we don't have to try to keep secrets. <laughs> I was going to ask would, you, I just want to ask you, you should tell me what. <laughs> no, but I was going to say like, if somebody would have asked me like, Hey, POU, what are you guys thinking? It's I, I feel good about my scout because, and you should feel good because your teams display that, right? The on the unselfishness, the fact that one of your bigs went, I think it was 15 of 15 against us this year inside. Uh, speaks to the paint touches and you damn it you weren't going to stop feeding him because we couldn't stop him but also the thing that we were always when during my time coaching against you we knew earning baskets was going to be the only way to get them there wasn't, wasn't going to be free ones there wasn't going to be oh you'll trick them or you'll catch them in something because it was going to be can you beat this guy in front of you or can you set a screen mm -hmm. and they're going to fight their ass through so um, I think that's that's a testament to you and your staffs over the years and your players, obviously, because that, that was very easy to see, which I think all of us coaches, right? We we, we want to have like, hey, are, is my vision being executed? And your guys have right uh, to a high level. Yeah. It's, you it's, before, it's, go ahead. Yeah. It's just one, it's one thing for me to say, you know, hey, this is the way we want to play. But then it's like, am I, are we doing that? You know, because sometimes it doesn't <laughs> right. look like that. You know, like right. we don't share the ball the way we want to. Or <laughs> we, we we can't keep the ball in front of us. You know, we're giving up layups all the time. Like my biggest thing is I just can't stand watching people get layups, you know? Mm -hmm. like, and so maybe we could be on the line, up the line, typical, you know, um, uh, or more traditional um, defensively, but mm -hmm. I just want to, I, I just want to seal off the paint as much as possible. And did we get stretched out? Yeah. We had some guys that like to get out there and, and, and take some chances, but, you know, I keep telling the guys sit singles and doubles are better than home runs, you know? Mm -hmm. So Right. Are there, do you see, before we go to our first break, do you see now, and even in recanting your origin story, kind of, do you see births of some of your ideas? Like, obviously it's got to be you, but you mentioned a lot of your mentors and people you work with. Um, you mentioned the CCIW impact on you. You know, is that kind of the, where you see foundational bedrock principles that you have? Is it through these different stops? Like, ah, when I was, when I was at North Central, that's where I got that from. Or was it, you know, tell, tell me about the balance between your stuff and good stuff I was taught. Yeah. Um, okay. So I never played or coached in a zone system. So all my coaches were man to man. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so we would sprinkle in some stuff. And so, I mean, I can do it. We can sprinkle in a fourth grade two, three zone if we wanted to, no problem. Mm -hmm. But um, so, yeah. So like, so my playing and coaching career, like I just never been exposed to like intricate zones or like a lot of pressing and, you know, and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Uh, and then, yeah, like when I was in the Midwest, I mean, the pack line, I mean, Dick Bennett, he, he, he made the, you know, like he invented yeah. the pack line. So, I mean, every team in Wisconsin was running pack defense, mm -hmm. right. And they're running pack and shuffle. <laughs> right. Shuffle. Right. <laughs> um, but then in, in the CCIW, yeah, it was all man to man and nobody pressed. It was just like, it was just like, we were going to just beat each other up, you know? And mm -hmm. so it was very smash mouth. And and then when you get, get into the, the uh, Wisconsin league and you're playing top of the level, top level CCIW and then Wisconsin league schools, it is just pack and it's mm -hmm. just man to man. And we're just going to, you know, uh, you know, just see how it goes. And some of the games are in the fifties and sixties, it's sort of like Bo Ryan and mm -hmm. Wisconsin. You yeah. Know? Um, and then when I came out here, though, as soon as I got into the league, I'm like, okay, we got a matchup zone. We've got something that you did where you yeah. switched from man to zone or zone yeah. to man and trying to screw everybody up. Um, you've got two teams that get after you like nonstop from a pressing standpoint. You have another team that switches all man to man. 
Um, so I'm like, holy crap, like, can't I just, I need to go back to the, <laughs> my scouts, you know, like my scouts were easier. And plus I yeah. knew what offensively, what we could, you know, we would just work on the same yeah. stuff every game. Yeah. Everybody's like, like us and, you know, but so it really did challenge me a lot from a coaching standpoint to get out mm-hmm. to this league. And at first, of course, I didn't like it, but then I was like, after a while, it became uh, refreshing mm-hmm. you know, a bit and, uh, you know, helped me a lot. And I think probably too, and you know how you utilize it in recruiting is is you know your 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 take on it. But I would tell people in our recruiting, you know what this league, if you're a basketball junkie, you get fed by this league, right? Yeah. The, the Northwest Conference, and as you mentioned, the variety of styles. If you love hoops, every getting ready for a weekend in our league could be two vastly different methodologies that you better figure out. At least have yeah. some like fluency in, right? Definitely. Uh, let's go to our first break and then we'll come back and we'll hit you with some rapid fire stuff. The Cass Ione Foundation exists to raise money for Alzheimer and dementia research and treatment, as well as caregiver support systems, as well as any individuals or businesses that exist in line with the moralities of our namesake, our dad, Cass. If you want to help the cause generate more foundation money for those great ideas and people out there that need them, please visit our website, cassionefoundation.org, or register for our primary fundraising event, July 22nd, Prior Creek Golf Club, the KIF Invitational, birdies.com backslash KIF 2023. Okay, coach, we're back. Uh, Guys who play for PLU, or guys who play for Coach Murray, how would you, what words, phrase, because, you know, coaches, we're great at this. We love to condense the big into a T-shirt or a, or a sign. So it could be for this season or in general for you. What, what's, how would you describe your guys? I want to describe them as blue collar, um, high character kids, um, great teammates, um, program first. That's, mm. that's what it's all about. You know, and uh, I would throw in, I haven't really used this term with them, but I like it. It's like a culture warrior. You know? mm-hmm. That's, you know, and how, when do you think, was it in, when you were at Nebraska West, obviously you were working with a great coach there as you moved through. When did you first become aware of the idea of culture? I know this isn't in the script, but you yeah. know, it's such a buzzword now. And it's not because I, I think it's absolutely the truth and we all should be paying attention. When did it first hit you like, oh shit, this is a culture thing. This is a great question yeah. because I have a, I, the exact summer, like after my third year, my third year as a head coach at Cornell, we went three and 22. Been there. And I almost got fired because we had no culture. Mm. I was a complete asshole. My players mm. hated me. And, and uh, so like, if you're an asshole and you're not winning, there's no reason for you to be a coach anymore. So. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> so, um, that was the year. And so, again, again, well-timed situation where thankfully my athletic director gave me some uh, summer to yeah. change, basically. And I went down and I watched uh, Jim Cruz, who is a former um, Bobby Knight assistant and was the head coach at Army uh, for a while. I got to know him. I, I had uh, a couple opportunities maybe to hook on their staff, but never mm-hmm. did. It never kind of happened for me. But anyway, got a nice relationship going with him. And he was um, the uh, Rick Majerus had just passed away, I think, Mm. or he was the interim while Majerus was very sick. 
And so he, uh, he invited me to come down and watch the University of St. Louis, um, which is where this was. He watched, watched a few days of practice. And this is Division One former, or former Army coach, Bobby Knight assistant, right? You think in LaPainte, right. yes. you know, like there's, he's going to be yelling all kinds of stuff. He right. wasn't yelling. All he kept talking about was how everything related to being a great teammate. Mm. and um, why do you communicate on defense to be a great teammate? It's not for you. It's for your teammate. Why do you make those extra passes so that you can showcase your teammates? Why do you do this because of your teammates? Why are you willing to dive on the floor for loose ball? Because you want to do that for your teammates. Everything was about being a great teammate. And I'm like, huh, I can make my, that this is division three. Are you kidding me? Like Mm -hmm. this is a way, for me to sort of like, and for, for, and, and secondly, I bought into it. Like, yeah. like I was like, let's go, you know, like <laughs> this is something I can rally around. And, and so I was like, so I'm going to try to shift my focus because again, like when I was working for coach Raritan, he's a phenomenal coach. Great. Just can cut up a defense, but he really didn't spend a ton of time. Like, worrying about culture. It was just about winning basketball games. And so like you're a product of your environment, you know, and, so um, I and again, we're a little old school you know, when we were growing up, you know, you could get after, you know, mm-hmm. you could get in the mm-hmm. face, you know, and you could challenge their manhood and you can call mm-hmm. them names and you can do stuff like that. Not to say Todd was doing those things, but he just didn't really spend a ton of time like trying to get um, great relationships with his players. Yeah. They, they have great relationships because they won. Right. You right, know, but they weren't winning, you know. But he didn't really have a, have that problem. He never had a losing season, for God's sake. So I mean, Imagine. heck of a life. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So right. anyway, so I brought that back to to Cornell, and I just started building that as I went on, and I just realized, gosh, there's what a way to to value some of the kids that don't play. How to mm. how to get them to feel valued, and like I have one kid that never really played for us, but he was incredible in the weight room. He was just like, he just loved lifting and he was the hardest working guy we had in the weight room. And so he was like our leader in the weight room. And then I had another guy that was our leader on the court. And then I had another guy that was like the team dad, you know, like the, he, yeah. he, he was Mr. W- the wise man, you know, off, yeah. off the court and in the, in, uh, in the dorms and stuff. And two of those guys didn't play a lick, <laughs> mm. but they impacted our program greatly and they sacrificed everything they had for the group. Mm. And I just, I was again, really fortunate to have a group of kids that really bought into that whole thing. And my relationships started to get better. I didn't Mm -hmm. have to apologize for saying something that I didn't want to say after the fact. Um, And we were able to build year by year by year into these great relationships. And then that's when we start, Oh, uh, it's funny how winning. What do you know? And the, so I, like that's the awesome. culmination of that was that last year that I was at Cornell where we kind of had a great end of the season and where it all kind of came together. It was just one of these moments where they just trusted me. I trusted them. It was all player, you yeah. know, it was all like a very good partnership. And that's what right. I really latch on to a lot here now is a partnership between me and the players and how we yeah. can help each other, you know, right. Just, so well, that's a perfect I appreciate the vulnerability in sharing like, oh, I learned this because I was effing it up. Right. Which is oh, yeah. really hard for us coaches to admit. We're not great at that often. Like, um, but to go now, yeah. take 
take what would you know your your guys that just graduated or even take that Cornell group what what would you hope because I think I already know the answer but what would you hope they say about you the coach the person you know uh, 10 they, years from now 20 years yeah. from now hey I play for coach Chad he is yeah um he is uh humble um he's adaptable um he cares about me uh he was honest mm -hmm. um isn't it interesting uh, but, in, in coaching too because you have to have a delayed scoreboard for you to get that right i love those those are so good right. but like it's not and kids now and even kids hell i wasn't ready to tell my coach the great things he did for me back when i right. played right but like it, as I as you've done it long enough now, and and I did it for fourteen years as a head coach, it's amazing the the wind in your sails you get when they'll text you or like that's the good. The, hey, coach, I just changed two diapers while tra chasing my other one around. Remember you told me that's what stress was all about. Thanks. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but I love I love the part where you talked about he cares about me because I think kids do sniff out give a damn, right? Yeah. Yeah. I really think there is a fine line though between in, in and I've I've caught myself um a few times where it's like, huh, do I only care about this kid because he's really good, a really good player? Mm. Um, do I care uh about the kid that's not gonna ever play for me as much as I care about this kid who if he's if he's in a good headspace, he could win us a conference championship. Mm. Mm. Um so I've had to have those internal dialogues, you know, like with myself and, you know, I see a sports psychologist um, and I have for four years and we talk about that a lot um, and how um, I can show them I care without having to give them the playing time that oh, they need. Yes. You know? And so um, one of the things that Steve Dickerson did, the guy that uh, re I replaced here at PLU, he, he met with the guys every week. Um, whether, you know, like um, every, well, every two weeks, I think was his returners and every new guy was every week. And so like, I was like, oh my God, that's a lot of meetings, man. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, how long did you meet for? Oh, 15, 20 minutes. And like, gosh, that, I'm doing the math. Right. And I'm like, oh my yeah. God. Like, <laughs> yeah. But I've continued that tradition and the guys um, mentioned that in their like yearly feedback to the, uh, to the athletic director, you know how they do those yep, uh, yep. things where they feel like that's a, you know, a time that they have my undivided attention. And now, now again, those are tough, man, because I got 50 things that I'm thinking about. Right. And kids trying to, you know, he's crying about his girlfriend or something yeah. like that. But I mean, I got to sit there and I got to, I got to make it important, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and um, while I have 18 of those every week or however many, that's their one time that they right. know got me and um, I need to be present for that. And I'm not perfect at that, but that's right. really something I, like I, I do. Sometimes I'm they're They're saying something. I'm thinking about something else and I'm like, come on, come on. Like yep. get back dial in. Yeah, that's so good. I Cause I think that <laughs> something that I, I, you know, I, we have such alignment with in philosophy yeah. is I think we do owe them all visibility. Like I see you, even though mm -hmm. you're the 18th guy, and I don't envision a world where you can help us. I don't owe you vertical achievement in your minutes, but I, I love that because you're you're giving them the I see you today. I'm here. 
And you're right. It's not easy because it's in the middle of a meeting that academics, you know, that admissions wants with you right before a meeting with alumni relations. But you're right. That's what you're there for. I, I love that. OK, yeah. lower stakes question. But kids care. Get, uh, choose your own adventure. Nike, Adidas, Under Armour. What, what, what shoe company the loot's rocking these days? Under Armour. Under Armour. How's We're it been? Under Armour. Now, yes. I don't, uh, we do gear in Under Armour. All our gear is in Under Armour, but we don't have to make them wear on, we don't have to make them wear the curries or anything. So, gotcha. um, so it's strictly just the, the, uh, the clothing, but, um, yeah, so I got some shoe heads on our team for sure. I bet. I yeah. bet. I bet. <laughs> uh, facility not, flow. If you play yeah. for the Lutes, you live on the campus, where they spend in their time, give them the names of the places. Obviously, it's not a digital tour, but just like yeah. the, the life of a loot when they wake up each day. Yeah. Most of the guys will spend a lot of their time on lower campus and lower campus where all the athletic facilities are mm -hmm. and uh, two dorms. One is Flieger Hall and the other one's Tinglestad Hall. And most of the athletes are in those two dorms. Um uh, because that's the closest to the fitness center where we live mm, in the mornings. Yep. <laughs> so they <just laughs> roll out of bed and get to the get to the weight room. Um, they're also in Olson uh, gym. That's where our building is, and you know they're getting up shots or they're doing their thing. You know, from a that's where the gun is, so they can get their shots up, and that's where my office is. So they're spending a lot of time there. Um, the university center is where they, or the UC is what they call it, uh, is where the dorm or the dining hall is. And so they're obviously there three, maybe four times a day. Mm -hmm. Um, and then obviously, you know, like, of course, because we're academics, we were there in the library, right? Right. <laughs> Not right. so much. It better any, be. It, it, well, it's funny because post COVID, it almost seems like they can figure out another way to do it. That's you know, true. When they're right. not in the library. So. You said lower campus, and even though I had go I had been going to your campus at least once a year for 22 years, I don't know there was an upper campus. Where the <laughs> hell's the upper campus? Yeah. Right. So yeah, so so yeah, there's a there's a, a hill in the middle of campus that you got to hump up to get to upper campus, and that's sort of where all more more of the academic uh, uh, you know gotcha. where the classes are and stuff. You got administration buildings, um, and then you have uh, maybe five or six other dorms. For the maybe you know like yeah the maybe the the general students and you know stuff yeah. like that. Pretty What's the residency get... requirement for if you bring a freshman? How long can they expect yeah. to be on campus? They need to be there for two years. For so years. they got you got to be twenty to live off campus at PLU. Gotcha, gotcha. You know, funny story. Lower campus because I'm envisioning the drive and we're always it's Memorial's the old one, right? Memorial yep. Gym. Yep. Right. So when I was a junior, we were really good. PLU was really good. We got to Olson. The lights went out in the first half of the women's game. Lights in Olson, done, crashed, over. We sat in the dark. They waited. They tried to fix it. They said, nah, y'all come back on Tuesday. It was a Saturday game. So we drove all the way back up Saturday. The women were trying to finish their game. Lights went out again. And so Gordy, and at the time, God, it might have been Bruce Haroldson. It might have been somebody yeah. else at the time. And they said, we're not driving back again. And we walked the whole game administration, the teams, trainers, Walked our ass to Memorial. They tried to sweep it. They got yeah. a flip chart scoreboard out. <laughs> and we played the first round against the Lutes in that damn gym. We lost. And I swear to God, it's because we played in the right. walls. It was like Hoosiers. Yes, almost. it is. It is Hoosiers. <laughs> it was very it much like Hoosiers. Hoosiers. <laughs> so that's why that's the only reason I've ever been in Memorial is because it was, hey, what are we going to do? The lights are on over right. there. 
All right. So that would be a situation where I would tell my guys, win anyway. You got to yes. figure it out. You know, yes. like, hey, hey, the lights went out. <laughs> go to Memorial, we figured it out, win anyway. <laughs> uh, let's take our second break and we'll come back with the last segment. Teams of men exist to empower coaches to enlighten their players to the wonders and possibilities of reimagining manhood. If you're interested in any of the services Teams of Men offers, membership, climate assessments, year-long counseling, or speaking engagements with yours truly, Kip Ione, please visit our website, teamsofmenllc.com, or email us at teamsofmen at gmail.com. All right, Coach, Pathways to Greatness. What's it look like for your program? And obviously, you guys have been in the playoffs You've made runs. What give me the overall how you sell like this team when they come back in August? What is gonna what's the pathway to success look like? Yeah, um, just what we talked about before: sharing the basketball. We're gonna go. Um, we're gonna uh, figure out what our what our strengths are from an offensive standpoint, and uh, you know that's where I adapt. You know, like from a Division three standpoint, we got to be able to shift. You know, because we don't yes. get to go out and recruit those right. you know to a system. I, right. I, I get that a lot. Like, what's your system? And I was like, I really don't have an offensive system. No. Like I've done four out, one in, three out, two in, five out. Last year we tried three out, two in. We tried some ball screen stuff. We did five out. We did another version of five out. Like we were trying to figure ourselves out as we as we went mm-hmm. last year. Um and, uh, you know, so we're going to adapt, you know, with that kind of stuff. But it's always going to be about, again, sharing the basketball five guys feeling like they're involved. Um, and then from a defensive standpoint, you know, it's going to be, can we get stops and, you know, can we do some of the process related things that we talk about on a day-to-day basis on a consistent basis enough to, to, to be able to hit some of our performance goals that we have, you know, for every game so that we can win. As you, as I, you and I have talked about this in the past too, is some of the, and I completely agree. I don't think you can afford to have a system because I don't think we have the knowledge of who our guys are right. until damn near November, December, right? I mean, I think we have frameworks like you're talking about. Is that a matter of, hey, I don't know what the rookies are like yet? Or is it also, I don't know how improved, obviously we want them to be, how improved our returners are. Because remember everybody, D3, we're not running March and April and June workouts with groups of two or groups of three for an hour. Not allowed. Yeah. Uh, com- uh, combination, definitely a combination of the two. Um, yeah, I guess certain years you kind of know that, like, Hey, I'm going to need these two or three guys to be in our rotation that are coming in as, as, as newer players. Um, and then other years, maybe you're look, looking just for that one and a half guys, maybe that, that can, that can crack in and you feel like you have a good group coming back. Um, you, you know, like I'll give Brandon as an example, Brandon, uh, Rydell, like he's a really good post player, but he's not a kid that you can just run a four out one in offense for, I think you yeah. need to move we need to move him around and get him uh, in some screen actions and get him some angles so that he can mm-hmm. finish. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he's like, he's not Shaq, you know, so <laughs> right, right. just like force feed him the ball because uh, you know, that's where he kind of gets neutralized a little bit. And when we get stagnant, that's what mm-hmm. happens. And so when we're flying around offensively, when our pace is good, you know, from a half court standpoint, um, we can find him with an angle and then, then he's automatic, you know, yep. at times. So, um, so there's some, there's some things that we like to, you know, that we'd like to do to get him kind of like uh, some, some good opportunities. And that's fun for me to try to figure out, 
But then sometimes I'm just like, gosh, man, I just wish we could just do the same thing. Cause then my freshman, by the time they're a senior, they're going to be an expert in this stuff. And yes, so right? I, try yeah. to, I try to carry over as many sets as I can from this, from the, from uh, one year to the next to try to provide some continuity. And to be honest, like the, the things that right now where we're at with our offense, we've kind of done the same with, with some slight tweaks for the last three or three years, maybe now. And so our guys do have a good handle on it, but then when you put a freshman out there, it's just like, mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. You know, big like, difference. Yeah. 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 And, um, which is a good thing, you know, and, but you know, when we, and I like playing new guys, but I don't want to have to play a lot of them because if you're not, if you're playing a lot of them, then you're not winning any games. So. Yeah. Yeah. So take, take the new guy, give, give the audience a little bit of, this is how we would take you from wide eyed, bushy tailed freshman to success by the, you know, it could be that year could be, yeah. you know, just go through that. What you, what you guys talk about for loop developing into success yeah. as a player. Awesome. So we do an on, we, we, I, I take onboarding pretty seriously. So once mm. a kid, once a kid uh, commits to us, we're going to get him going with our weight program uh, in May and June. And let me, let me attest to that. But I am so happy. I don't have to spend another Friday watching your guys push my guys around with big muscles. Because there, you guys do do a hell. You're one of you and Whitworth, and I, I would say Pacific too to an extent. And and we'll get to all those great coaches as well. I can you can physically see the transformation of your guys. So I take McCurdy for example, is yeah. a monster. The kid's a monster physically, and that matters in hoops. It does. It does. So yeah, we're so we're getting them going. I want them uh, hit the ground running in September. So in our summer, they're lifting. They're getting on. You know, like a basic version of what we do. Um, um, and, and, but we're also doing onboarding, uh, where I'll put them with one of our, one or two of our older guys. And so those guys are in charge of that kid and they'll be checking in with them and trying to just get to know him in their, in their own way, whether it's Snapchat text, uh, yep. whatever the heck they do nowadays, I don't know. Um, but I want them <laughs> checking in with them and I'll give them some, pro- Hey, Hey, ask him about his family. Hey, you know, see if you can't find some connect connection point you know like that that'll get them comfortable with you um then we do a book study every summer like as a team and so i'll have the players pick a book um to 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 read and we've done that the last two summers i've also done where a freshman will read one book sophomore read another book uh juniors reading a book book, and and seniors reading their book because they're at different parts in their journey Mm -hmm. and you know so like a a freshman they're reading they're reading chop wood carry water and a senior's reading legacy, mm. you know, so mm. like it's just different Smart. meetings, and, you know, yeah. stuff and, meeting um, them where they're at. I think that's huge. It, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And so like, where are they, where are they headed into the next step? And so we've done that. I, I think uh, I'm going to get back to that at some point, but, um, but anyway, the zooms, we get them, you know, get them on a zoom three, three times in the, in a summer where they can see their face in a box yep. and, you know, like can get to know them a little bit where the, the guys do it all though. Like I don't come up with the discussion question. The guys are supposed to come up with some discussion questions. I'll, I'll, you know, have a group of guys lead one, have another group of guys lead another, you know, and so forth throughout the summer. And uh, then they're also working, they're going to get with our sports psychologists because we're going to do a personality assessment with them so that I can figure out how to communicate with them best. So good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then they also, I want them to get to know my communication style too, so that, Hey, if I need to go talk to coach about this, when am I doing this? How am I approaching it? You know, stuff like that. Yeah. Because if they don't do it right. And if I don't yep. do it right with them, 
it's not going to work. Like we're right. going to be, you know, like we're going to be off. And so we spend some time with that and I uh, want them getting to know Liz, our sports psychologist, so that they can feel comfortable with her and talking with her about some stuff as the, as their careers go on as well. And then once they get into September, I mean, then we're going, you know, mm-hmm. um, but I'm, I'm big about like, okay, if I start, if you're at the, if, if you come in as a freshman and you are not in the rotation, we're going to come up with some sort of plan for you to get in the rotation next year. And then right. if you're in the rotation, how do you get into the starting lineup? How do you get from starting lineup to all conference type yeah. player? Yeah. How do you get from all conference type player to all American or all region? Yeah. Then it's all American, you know, like that kind of yeah. stuff. So there's always going to be steps, you know, yes. of, of climbing, say the ladder, you know, yeah. of improvement. And um, it's just different for different guys. Some guys may come in and they may break the starting lineup right away, or, you know, they may not need that year of development where a lot of freshmen do. And, you know, so we're going to develop them as people first. And then the basketball is going to just be a byproduct of what we're doing yeah. as a person with them. Because, if you, you know, you think about it, all the things that I talked about, it really nothing to do with the workout that we're going to be putting them through right. once the 15th rolls around. Right. You it's, guys think you guys don't have different cones at PLU that make you better? <laughs> <laughs> no. And so, like, we feel like if we develop them as a person, the basketball will take care of itself just because that's something they love doing. Yeah. And if it's important to you, you're going to spend some time doing it. And if we can teach them how to marry the two things, like the character development with the basketball development, then right. you know, big things are going to happen for the guys. And so, so good. Um, love it. That's sort you of, know, like, I think that's the plan. The thing that I really appreciate about you in that and laying that out is I don't I don't subscribe to all oh, these kids are different. I, I don't think the kids are different than us. I think they see the same mountaintop that you mentioned, like, hey, man, yeah. I want to be great. I think sometimes they're just because their their thumbs are used to going seven second switch. They don't really <laughs> see the steps that you just laid out. Right. So I, I really appreciate you and what you're saying. Hey, here, we're going to show you the steps to the same place you want to go. We're just going to show you. Yeah. A to B. Calm down. And then, and then, we, then you'll exactly. get to see, exactly. right? Yeah, it's the instant instant gratification, I think, is just something we battle all the time. Yeah. The kids yep. coming in and we're, you know, it's just like they have a friend of theirs that's playing every game and they're yes. starting something. Yes. It's about running your own race and, like, yep. don't compare yourself to other so people. So hard. Comparison's the thief of happiness, right? And yeah. And, I say that all the time and I do the same damn thing, oh. coach. I do it every, <laughs> I do it every, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Every game is like I, I'm yes. doing. I'm like I sometimes again. I have that inner dialogue. Yep. I'm, I'm being a hypocrite here. Yep. You know, like I'm comparing myself, or I'm too outcome driven right now. Yes. Like, yes. You know, like that kind of stuff is is something we battle with all the time. And um, you know, I tell the guys every every year. I say, listen, this is not going to go the way you think it's going to go. So drop the next, drop the expectation and just take it a day at a time. And then it'll, it'll happen the way it should happen, right. you know? Right. And so um, it's funny because McCurdy, you mentioned him yep. earlier. McCurdy was one of those guys. He came in and Jordan Thomas was playing as a freshman and those two kind of connected when they, when he first got here. And so he thought he was going to be just like Mr. Jordan, you, you know, the, the yeah. man, you know, like, yeah. you know, or, or being a part of the starting lineup as a freshman and stuff like that. And I go, Sean, dude, like you understand like you have a first team all conference player in front of you right now. Like, right. You're not going to play. It's, it's not going to happen. Like if we want to win games, he needs to play. And this is late in Kingma. So yeah. it's like, 
you'll get your chance as a sophomore. Well, as a sophomore, you kind of, you know, like in and out, you know, but then as a junior, I was like, okay, now here's your time. And he took advantage of that. And, you know, then he ended up being a first team all conference player. Mm -hmm. So he took it a step at a time. And it was great because he did a senior speech at our, uh, at our banquet. I have our seniors just get up and talk about their experience and, and what it meant to him and stuff like that. And he mentioned the fact that we had that conversation, Hey, this isn't going to go the way you thought the way you think it's going to go and it was very humbling to him and it was something that kind of grounded him a little bit and i thought that was cool you know yes um, absolutely so. it's hard for and you can speak to this because as coaches i i 100 agree with you and we want our guys to buy into there's going to be this there's going to be this but then we do everything in our power to try to control the outcomes like oh i'm gonna this system this scout this thing it's gonna <laughs> dial it in fellas Oh, last one for you, sir. Where do you you looking back? You fifty years from now, you're a spry, eighty five year old man, right? What do you? Mm -hmm. How would you grade your path? How would you grade your path? Um, what, how would you grade yourself? What are you hoping to see? Yeah. Um. Okay. So I'm gonna be honest. Like I, I, I am. Let's see. I'm fifty seven games under five hundred for my career. Okay. Mm. I want to get over 500. There you go. There you go. Like, that, you know, like, yeah. So however long I need to do this. <laughs> do the math. Dial it in. Plot so, it out. I'm being honest. That's just no, okay. I love it. I just, yeah. Okay. But I cannot do that. If, if I do that, but I can't, but my players don't have some sort of like affinity for me or like, you know, right. Um, don't appreciate how they were, I don't, I don't know, their experience, right. how they were treated or anything, then it's not going to be worth it. So right. like, I have to, like, I, 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 um, you know, every once in a while you'll see these, like, I'm sure Gordy had this, like when he retired, Yep. you know, he had what, 50 former players probably, uh, come yep. to his, you know, thing. Yes. We had a roast took three hours. Yep. Okay. So when I retire, I have fears of, oh my God, nobody's going to be there. You know, they won't even yeah. care. Yeah. They won't, you know, right. Like, right. And, um, you know, so like my, my wife, uh, I'm coming up, I'm 48. So my wife, you know, like she'll tease me every now and then about <laughs> a birthday party or something like that. Yeah. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to party. Like, I don't want to be like, no one's going to come to this party and no one's there. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So man. that's really important to me. It's important that I have those relationships and I just have to keep that in mind. I yeah. had a moment and I'm sorry if I'm rambling. But no, keep going. I love it. We were playing, we were playing UPS one day and I went to the store. I, I was hungry or something. I needed to get something to eat. And I saw this, this older guy, he's probably 78, 80 years or something like that. Mm -hmm. And he just sort of like just the normal everyday dude, just walking in kind of hunched over. And I looked at him and I had this moment where I was like, when I'm this age, that age, I do not want to look back on any type of situation where it caused me to not be a coach or anything, mm -hmm. you know, like, yeah. or, or I want, I didn't want to have any regret or anything. Yeah. Like and I was like, you, you know, because sometimes we get heated in a game and we may say something or, you know, you see it, you know, like with yep. some of these AAU coaches or something, they go nuts yep. on the refs or the refs go nuts on them. I saw it today, referee to parent in the stands. I was watching as a parent in the stands. Unbelievable. Yeah. So anyway, and, I, and it's UPS, right? We want to beat those guys and we're super intense about it. And it was going to be a great game. I knew it was going to be an intense because we were going over there to play them. 
And I was like, just don't do anything tonight that would ruin your the feeling that you would have when you were 80 about your career, you know, or, mm. or, or anything like that. And I was just like, I just kept, kind of keep that in mind sometimes. It's like, yeah. just don't do anything that's going to keep you from coming back tomorrow. Great. You, you know, and, it is, and, and, and does that mean winning a lot of basketball games? I mean, yeah, I guess. But really at our level, Kip, it's like, it's like, just don't do something that's going to cause you to, get the paint slip the next day right you know? right just right. do it the right way and try like hell to win as many games as you can make it important because mm-hmm. again i don't want to like make it seem like winning is not important it right. absolutely is they keep score of the games so you might right. as well win. you know so right uh, and i tell the kids listen with two minutes left if we're tied you know, like our relationship is going to be like, it's, you know, like it's, it's four, but I'm going to win the game. I want to try to win yeah. the game. So you have to understand that, you know, like, yeah. there's, you know, we can, um, you know, there's all, there's this thing called repairing too. Like, and I mm-hmm. sometimes you got to do some repair, you know, with, right. with things they got to do it with me too. Sometimes yeah. you know, they have to apologize to me about something, you know, that they did. Yeah. Um, you know, so, basically it's just like again like i said a partnership with two flawed individuals me and then the yep the player <laughs> for various reasons yeah <laughs> me because i'm neurotic and i, I have no, low self-esteem you know like all that kind yep, of stuff all and the things just because of lack of experience right uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> but i think what you're doing and obviously you've laid it out for for everyone is you're giving them reps in relationship creation reps in relationship maintenance Mm-hmm. reps in relationship repair because that's going to happen throughout yeah. their life right i think my daughter probably needs me to do a little relationship repair after my time in the stands today um <laughs> but that's that's awesome coach i really thank you man it's been and i appreciate your authenticity uh vulnerability today and everybody listening make sure you uh are checking out coach murray the lutes pacific lutheran are you coach are you i know you're not crazy active on social media are the lutes the team People can go follow the team right now or you plug that real quick before we let you go. Let's see. I think it's uh, I'm PLU Coach Murray at at PLU Coach Murray for Twitter. I haven't figured out Instagram yet. (laughs) Um, And then our Twitter basketball account is PLU underscore MBB ball or something. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think if you do that, you'll you'll figure it out. Yes. And the website. Um, uh, website is just golutes.com. Yeah. Excellent. And, um, yeah. I'm getting better at Instagram. I figured out how to log on the other day. That hey, was- step one, but don't forget your password. Cause I am 43. Yeah. I'm chasing you. And I don't know passwords coach. I cannot <laughs> remember those things ever since the cybersecurity. Hey, you can't have the same one idiot. Well, that just screwed me up. Oh man. Now I have, Oh my goodness. Good. Coach Murray. <laughs> PLU, left side, left coast story, cross the streams.